Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Evening Nazi Jack Boot. <laughs> oh, I don't like that one at all. I you shouldn't. The Nazi. I don't like that one. <laughs> the Nazis you are dicks. just said Jack Boot. But I, now I want to I want to talk shit about how awful the Nazis were for a minute. <laughs> oh, don't talk about your family like that. Oh, Kevin. stop. Keep the gloves keep the gloves on. <laughs> we're not even 20 seconds in. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're the one that's I know. God Nazis. damn it. I have no one to blame but myself. Oh, that's the Kevin McMahon story. Really? He, he can only point the finger You're at himself. You're driving a Volkswagen eating potatoes over there. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> but you do love a Volkswagen. I do love a Volkswagen. And we did that episode where we talked about your I love, love the Volkswagen. I love a Volkswagen. It endeared you. It's so sad that they had, they had such a uh, whatever you want to call problematic it. history yeah yeah they really did you know, so did hugo boss but nobody seems to talk about that. yeah no he was fabulous he got away with it and uh and it's funny because mitsubishi they made the engines for the japanese zeros during the second world no War. one knows i no one knows that yeah no, no one, one knows, knows that, that. newsies <laughs> no one knows that all i can think of is oprah winfrey uh made fun of herself when she was doing the news and she said canadia uh-huh and uh, she was a canadian and she made fun of herself on air. Like, I just said Good. Canadian. And I, that's all. Yeah. Anyway. Because well, we, so, I'm, you know, Oprah and I, when we talk uh -huh. about well, she's, our Is she as nice in person as she is on TV? Nicer. Wow. That's great. And she's always giving me sheets and soap and stuff. It's well, really the, two of your passions. I know. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Actually, after the war, if we had held every Japanese company accountable for their war crimes and it stripped them of their ability to continue, we would have reduced the Japanese back to cave people because well, everybody contributed to the well, and, yeah, and you they, know, and Volkswagen and Mercedes, but yeah, I, exactly. I digress. But, but the Americans the same way, I mean there's a lot of countries if they can figure out a way to get America to pay for the things they did to, uh, the, you know, not that I'm anti-American, but right. I don't like Watch war. it, mister. This is a patriotic I podcast. I know, but you know my, my uh, I, I don't like war. No, you I don't think it accomplishes it anything. I think it just kills a bunch of people. I think you have a very healthy opinion on that, actually. Well, but, and, I, and I'm not, and I... And you're not alone. I am not an American. I support my nephews in the army, you know, yeah. family in the military. Mm -hmm. That is not what I'm saying. No. I just don't think war accomplishes anything. I don't and really no, think it accomplishes it anything. It does not. And you know what also doesn't accomplish anything? What? Killing your spouses for insurance money. <gasps> it's a shitty thing to do. I... Yeah. Let's dive right in, shall Let's we? Okay, sure. <laughs> We're going to do another Oxygen channel. This is a new series. Oxygen. Charmed to Death. Charmed to Death. They only have one season. Season one. Season one. Episode six. Episode six. And it's titled Dispatched. And you know it's why? It's titled Dispatch. The pun is? She's a 911 dispatcher. Just like Mrs. Evans! Yep, yep. Oh, my. <laughs> this one, I, this smacks of a lot of our other episodes. Yeah. Uh, you know, our, our Stacey Casters. I definitely and our... feel that you and I, over a cocktail seminar, have to come up with two things. We have to come up with a drinking game yep. for the game. Mm -hmm. The repetitive things, like when I, because I always say the funny thing about that, or I, however I say mm -hmm. that. See, I don't even re, I, I know I say it, but mm -hmm. I'm not even sure what I say. You hear it in playback. Yeah, yeah. And the, the stereotype the, things, the, 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 stereotypes, the wife used, you know, antifreeze life insurance. Or, yes, yep, yep, exactly. Yep. Because uh, we could get some people if who would like a drinking game. Yeah, and it, like if they took out the life insurance less than three months before the murder, you got oh, down, yeah. you got to down right. your entire drink. <laughs> you know, you don't even just take really a shot. Fun. You have to empty your glass. <laughs> just actually, all the good ones. I'm highly amused by that. Uh, That's really funny. This one ticks off most oh, of does, the boxes. It does. Um, okay, well, the first victim in this uh, episode is a guy named Glenn Turner. And right off the bat, we meet Glenn's mom. She ends up being the hero of the she, episode. I, not only does she end up being the hero, but you could just see her, her like down homedness yeah like yeah her, yeah. she's real her, down to earth and i'm saying she's a simple woman meaning she is a plain a very down to earth type of a gal and i really like i made the mistake of thinking that she was maybe a little dumb i judged her on her appearance oh. and i i and you know that and i was like poor that poor kind of plain oh, I woman she had some sort of uh, uh, physical something no i don't think it was she just was i just, think maybe she may have had a 
Now, this is just conjecture on my part. Right. She may have had like some sort of like a little mini stroke or something like that. Maybe. Because the yeah. right hand side of her face seemed a little off. I, I, you know, either way, I, <laughs> I just thought she was a fine I got it wrong and her. she got it right. And she was really great. Glenn was my third child. He never gave any trouble. He was uh, fun to play with. He was just a easygoing person. Glenn's sister, Linda, plays yeah, a pretty big role in this episode. I like her. I like her story like her arc. Lot, yeah. And she said growing up. Glenn had a couple of nicknames. One was Buddha and the other one was Fat Boy. I liked the Fat Boy the best because that really fit him because he was a little over six foot tall and a little over 200 pounds. Glenn had a lot of nicknames because he was kind of heavy and he was also really tall. But his nicknames were Buddha and Fat Boy. Which I'm like, they showed a picture he of him. Was I don't thin. understand. He's six. <laughs> he was how tall? Six foot two, six, six foot four. Foot, I thought yeah, he was six. I thought he was yeah. six three, six four. And, he, and she goes six four, two hundred pounds. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's nothing. It's nothing. And Linda said that she thought Fat Boy was her favorite nickname for oh, him. Oh God. So there's one reason why I don't like her. <laughs> Uh, this is 1991, and we're in Cobb County, Georgia, and that's just Georgia. outside, just outside Atlanta. And growing up, Glenn always wanted to be a cop. He was my brother. Everybody made fun of him when he was growing up because he was so tall. But he kept saying, "I want to be a police officer, and one day I'm going to do that." He went to the county, went through the schooling, and became a police officer, and that was his life dream. Got out of high school, he went to the police academy, became a cop. But he also wanted to be married before he turned 30. So Glenn is 29, and he meets Lynn Womack one night. Oh, the singer? No, no, that's Leanne Womack. Oh, 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 oh. Before this, we meet Mike Archer, who is Glenn's best friend, and he is one of the stars. Glenn's mom and Mike are the two stars of the episode, <laughs> and then, to a lesser extent, Linda, I think, is the moral high road. So it's 23-year-old Lynn Womack that Glenn meets at this party. And he wanted to be... It's He's a young dude. Yeah, he's 29. And his mindset... This is what a good guy this guy yeah. is. His mindset is, I want to be a cop, mm -hmm. so, and I'm assuming which, like to protect which is, people to, I think to, that to that's enforce a, a, law. Yeah. And he wanted to be married. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming he also wanted children. Yep. He had told me that several times. And he wanted to have kids and he wanted a family. And he that's what he wanted. But those and, are all admirable things, and right? He, and he spent a lot of time with this. This is a good guy. It's yep. sad. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't apologize. Don't boy. apologize. Okay. <laughs> so Lynn is 23. She's six years younger than him. And they start going out. He, Mike said at the party that she was all about him. She focused on him. And we learned that Mike said she was a bit of a, uh, a cop groupie. She liked cops you know, and she liked firemen. Those, yeah. those exist. And she wanted to be a cop, but. Mike says offhandedly, she failed the psych. She was a big police groupie. She loved the police. She was trying to get hired on as a police officer, but she failed the psychological and she didn't get hired on with the police department. So she had to stay as a 911 dispatcher. It's not uncommon for police officers to marry radio dispatchers. So Glenn saw this as a future and maybe having a family. Which <laughs> only way she anybody would know that is if. She told them. <laughs> uh, maybe it got around the department. You know, the people talk. You that's one of those things you can't you can't talk yeah, about that. You're kind not of supposed thing. to what people yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. She ended up just going back to being a radio dispatcher. And Mike <laughs> says that a lot of radio dispatchers hook up with cops and vice versa. It's, well, it's a and thing. that of course, small town, Cobb, Georgia. I know all about small town cops. You Mrs. do, right? Evans, I'd hang out and talk to my mom when she was at work and mm. the cops coming in and out. It's a very you know, and the, You would know if something failed the site well well that's kind of probably true but it's 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 funny to think like the town that i came from they were all i hate to use well matronly i don't think it's a negative term no it's not all of the female uh dispatchers were matronly they were all moms they were all older ladies oh, and they're know? also used to handling frantic situations <laughs> coolly, right? when, you, when you're a mom with lots of kids you want to chill the fuck she out she would actually talk to the people who called in that way she got in trouble a couple times for telling people to calm we, down we mentioned yeah, that yeah. before mike archer points out that Lynn loved a lot of things that Glenn loved. NASCAR. She was very mechanical. Mike, with great admiration, points out he saw her take out the dashboard of a car, remove the odometer, and put it back in in under 10 minutes. Lynn loved NASCAR. She was really big into car racing. 
and she was very, very mechanical. And I'd seen Lynn before take the dashboard off a car, unhook the odometer on a car, and hook it back up in about five minutes. And, and to him, first, that was the shit. It's, and so funny. And the first thing that came out of my mouth is, that's an illegal act. It You're is. not supposed <laughs> to do that. Roll it back One. the odometer. And two, this was the thought that came into my mind when this happened. There was a movie called Black Widow, and it's yep. and it oh, starred Deborah Winger mm. and Teresa Russell, I think was her name. And in the movie, if you don't know the movie, uh, it's from the 80s. It was I really liked the movie. Teresa Russell is a woman who marries wealthy men. Mm-hmm. She says she... She brings them in. She kills them off, gets all their money, mm-hmm. liquidates it, and moves on to another guy. Another kill. And there's a scene where she's preparing for this guy, and she's reading. She's obviously smart. She's reading all these books on coins, on old yeah. coins, so that the next guy that she's going after, because she picks him out and goes after mm-hmm. him, she can pick him up so she can talk about rare coins of some mm-hmm. sort. And I'm thinking it's of It's a myself, great premise for a movie. Well it, well, it was. It was a great movie. But I'm thinking this woman... This 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 uh, Womack gal, uh, Lynn Womack. That's exactly what she did. She made herself. Oh, I love the things that you love. Yeah. I love, you know. It worked because after well, he, and guys are yeah. When I guys just, are dumb, straight guys are dumb. Um, well, I just think, <laughs> but no, because I think it can be. It actually makes me very sad that this really great guy. Yeah, he seemed like a really it. great guy. Well. Yeah, well, we'll we'll get to it. After less than a year, they get engaged, and his sister, Linda, who he was very close to, said, I got no heads up. Just announced that, you know, I'm getting engaged to, to Lynn. And she, Lynn actually told Linda, like, I can't wait to get engaged to him. I can't wait to marry him. Before they even did this, she's and just showing how aggressive down, she is. before the sister was like, she was bubbly, she was attractive, she was funny, she was smart, she was this, she was mm-hmm. the center of the party, She everybody liked her, blah, blah. So these, she wasn't saying negative things about her. No. Early on, everybody, you know, kind of liked her, and uh, I didn't think she was that attractive. You said I, she was pretty. I, I thought when she, she was, was no, 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 specifically when she her wedding photo, mm-hmm. she is beautiful. I, I didn't, but she's twenty. Well, you Three. say everybody's pretty when everybody's they're young. beautiful when they're and in I, I and I, I don't like to talk about appearances like that because it's so superficial well, and it's just I'm superficial. And it's I don't know. I, I if if she was a good person, I wouldn't talk shit about her. Right. But she's a monster. I didn't think she's that good looking. <laughs> she didn't age well. That's for damn sure. No. Uh, we get lots of photos. We get photos, and 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 Glenn has these unfortunately over large glasses. Uh, what do I you call, call those? I call the sex offender glasses. Yeah, he's got they're, the they're, sex offender. The, the, they're the glasses that were very popular in the eighties. It Every like so many guys I knew had them. Yeah. They were slightly tinted on. The, they were the um, big round, the big uh, oblongy lenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they were they were smoked or a little tinted on mm-hmm. the top, but not on the bottom. And they looked like sex offender glasses. They don't. Like, it's like, not a good look. And, like, and yeah. Oh, but Glenn was a, a, a he, just an oblivious guy. guy. But the Spuds McKenzie T-shirt. Oh, well, the Spuds McKenzie campaign. Come on, you, now think about this. There are pictures of you or pictures mm, of me. Or pictures oh yeah. Of you don't know you're gonna get murdered and they're going to get put all over the news. So. <laughs> and, also, and there are also a bunch of photos of me when I was in from the 1980s. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any frame of reference. On no, that. none? <laughs> all of As I look as I look away in uh, shame, all of my pictures are fantastic. Per- perfect. Well, you were you were much more aware of your appearance. Shut you up! everything you wore. I've let myself go. That's what uh, you're saying. No, Thanks I'm not. How did you no, make, no, no. How did you take no, that part? No, no, no. <laughs> That's okay. Let's move on with the story. Alright, well, she does something very manipulative and I I'm guilty of this as well. When I've gone out on like first dates or whatever, I always make the point of paying for the check. I always grab the check and I, you know, I try to come out off the bat. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm not here to sponge. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not here to, uh, uh, you know, I'll show you a good time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like here, pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she took it to the, uh, nth degree. She started buying him like really expensive boots and she it's brought so him new rims for his car. She bought him cowboy boots and she bought him rims mm-hmm. for his truck. Yep. And he was bragging to me that Lynn had bought him these new wheels for his truck and how expensive they were. Lynn had bought him some cowboy boots and how expensive they were. She was taking good care of him. And he really wanted a relationship. And here he found a girl that was paying attention to him, buying him things. She knew what she was doing. Do you know that old saying that when your son gets married, you lose a son, but when your daughter gets married, you gain a son? Have you ever heard that expression? It's an old no. expression. Because when you know your daughter gets married and her new husband, he starts, he starts around, hanging out with the family right, right, and usually, vice versa. Yeah, and this happened. Yeah. She before even before they got married, Linda's like, We we hardly ever saw him anymore. Whenever I called over, he's like, I can't talk. I've got to do dot dot dot. She's very yeah, controlling. I got something I got going on. 
Glenn always was going to his family's home, always going to his mom's, always going to his sister and brother-in-law's. Once he started seeing Lynn, that stopped. She pretty much controlled him, and she pretty much put an end to Glenn really having a close relationship with his family. When I would call, he always had something that he had to take care of, something they had to do. So they get married, and there's more disinterest from Lynn. She, at the wedding, she doesn't come over and ingratiate herself at all. Oh, and prior to this, when she came by, when Glenn brought her by the house to tell her that they were getting married, his mom was like... They came to the house to tell me they were getting married, and she didn't have anything to say to me. And I thought that was very strange, because I thought, I'm going to be her mother-in-law, and she's not going to say anything to me or show me any love or anything. It was hard to accept. She didn't ask me any questions at all. I'm going to be her mother-in-law, and she had nothing to say to me. Nothing. And and they keep showing this one picture. I don't know if you picked this up or not. They're obviously with the family because the mother's in the picture. She and he are are not, they're not just alike, but they're matching. Uh Uh-huh. And that's... Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a... I don't... It's that matching clothes thing. Mm -hmm. That's got to be the girl. It's because... It's not not Glenn. It's Lynn. It's not Glenn. I know some people who who do dress alike, and I think that they're doing... Doing it out of uh, out of a, a place of, of love, of affection, or, yeah. But just seems a little odd sometimes. That would have been something Glenn would have done. I don't think, from yeah. what I know of Glenn. No, but um, uh, Glenn's sister Lynn was just going to peace out on the wedding all all together. She wasn't even going to go. And she was like, "Well, I convinced it's like it's, she's going to be your sister in law, whether you like it or not." And she was like, "You could sense some uneasiness at the wedding. I think his family felt uncomfortable." I told my mom that I didn't want to go, but mom said, Linda, you have to go because that's your brother. You need to support him, so you need to get used to the fact that she's going to be his wife. And I'm like, okay, mom, you're right. So I went. But now the wedding comes to pass, and the gloves oh, wait, wait, come wait, off. Wait, 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 She said, the mother says, there was not a picture at the wedding of the mother and the bride. Never got a picture with Lynn. She never came around while we were getting our pictures taken. So we didn't have any pictures with her. Okay, then the gloves come off, and the mom describes the wedding as quite strange. <laughs> Glenn and Lynn's wedding was quite strange. So yeah, uh, what, yeah you did, what what did they not have a single picture of? They did not have a picture of the mother and the and the bride. Nope. There wasn't any, and Lynn couldn't have given two fucks. She didn't pay any attention to Glenn's side of the family. There are those stage photos where her bro- his brother has the exact same glasses. Yes, and yes, And then yes. you see them together, and they both have the crew cuts. Haircut. And then there's the photo of when they were kids and their dads in the pantsuit. Oh, with the belt, with you, you with were the belt it's buckle. A one, it wasn't a pantsuit; it was a onesie. A onesie. It's, it's a, it's a, a, a what are they called? A co- not cover up, but you, yeah. you know, in the seventies, guys wore them. It they, was great, you, oh. right across his little gut, and he had a crew cut, so they all grew up. That was the prototype. That's what happens, you know. But they didn't have any picture. She didn't. She did not hang out with them at all at the wedding. That's a huge faux pas. That's a. I'm not saying that she went into the marriage having this idea that she was going to knock him off, but... I think she did. <laughs> well, but my my statement is, ingratiate yourself. Yeah, but you it's, know. It's, it's, it's very, it's psychopathic, you know, to be just like, I just don't care. And I, I think she was, a, I think she is. Well, was. Um, so at the wedding, they try to light what is called the unity candle. Oh. I've never heard of this. Have you? Oh my God. Is that a yes. Protestant thing? I get. It I, sounds I, I fake. Think... I remember there was a lighting at the unity candle and they couldn't get it lit. They kept trying over and over and over again to get the candle lit, and it couldn't get it lit. And there was a lot of mumbling and laughing and stuff about it. And I felt really bad for Glenn. No, well, it's. I think it's. It's. It's been a while since you've been to a wedding. Yeah. Uh, they. What you do is the guy holds one candle and the girl holds. They take. There's two candles, mm-hmm. and the guy takes one and the girl takes the other. Mm-hmm. Or the, well, in the the one one person takes one candle, right. the other person takes one candle, and then they light a larger candle with the, at the with same the combined time, flames, and Ugh. then they blow their candles out. Like, I've seen sand. I've oh, seen candles. I've seen people take flowers like they each have flowers and they put the flowers together and the flowers are in the one vase oh jesus Christ. that's great oh, I, I mean i just oh you y'all people can have it i find that stuff so repugnant and i well, and sappy well, I and think you're being a little but you have to remember to most women their wedding day is their day to be the princess okay so a lot of girls and I, a friend mindy munchmeyer mm-hmm. my friend mindy munchmeyer <laughs> hi mindy hi mindy mindy uh mindy munchmeyer told me that she goes and I, I saw her wedding pictures and she said and I said 
you look absolutely beautiful. And her response was, every bride's supposed to be beautiful on uh, their wedding. Well, okay. I'm going to remove myself. I, I shouldn't have an well, opinion about it, but I just- It's I, their I, day to be a princess. It's that, their day to be the ugh. center. The, okay. I mean, not, I'm not talking bridezilla stuff, but well, you know, most men, for the most part, right. most guys really don't care they about don't. shit like they that. They really don't. And if they for do the care, part. there might be a little secret waiting for you. So, the- the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the, the unity candle won't light. And this is all Sister Linda needs to know. They both tried and tried and they finally gave up. And I turned my head and I looked at my mom and I said, right there's the sign. This wedding is not going to last. Yeah, I'm with you, uh, Linda. She's like, this is doomed. Yeah. And you almost feel her licking her chops. And she's like, this is great. It's not going to last anyway. Can't stand the bitch. So they go on their honeymoon. They come back a week later. What's the first thing that Glenn does? He calls up his mom and says, I got to change my life insurance insurance over to Linda. And then over to Lynn. Linda then says, I went on a honeymoon. The last thing my husband and I talked about was... The last thing my husband and I talked about was life insurance. And he comes back. Literally the day he got back from their honeymoon, he's over signing the insurance over to Lynn. Well, first of all, you take care of all that before the honeymoon. Mm. I mean, you know, do let's, you? Let's be smart about this. Okay. What if you? What if? What if you get married mm-hmm. and you marry someone who has a ton of money? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> you marry someone who has a ton of money yeah. and you go on a cruise. I'm all ears. And, and that person with a ton of money falls off the ship. Uh huh. You don't get nothing. Okay, it goes rightfully to his close family. <laughs> right, but we just got married. I should get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wait, what? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's not a good look. <laughs> no, listen. If you no, no, unfortunately no, no. in in the current state of the world today, the, if you're getting married, actually, the less money you have, the more you should be lined up for w- what you have and mm-hmm. who's going to get it. These things should have all been taken care of. They should I, I, all be. You there should have been a trip to a lawyer with sign signing of things and stuff. And over. I don't know. I this 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 succession where like a new wife marries an eighty. 85 year old does the old flim flam thing on him and then he dies and then she gets his 85 million dollar estate you know you don't think she deserved it at that point no i don't Uh, i don't and they they, all the children well we obviously have a difference of opinion Mm -hmm. listen i love dan and nicole smith so you just back (laughs) oh god no no we're not i i I, truce We're gonna get back. We're gonna get back to the story. We're gonna get back to the story. No, no, not not on my watch. No, 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 no. Poor Anna Nicole. But no, that 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 the Billy. No, Oh, and before we forget, I wanted to mention that we got a review. All the reviews. Thanks everybody for the thumbs up and reviews. Got a really good one the other day, and I didn't want to forget. The title of the review was "Love the Company," which is funny. And then, so they write the nice review, right? Yeah. Then. And they said, if you're looking for a good Bigfoot murder podcast, you found the fifth most popular one in Uzbekistan. <laughs> Woohoo! And I, I love that. Ending. Whoever you were, thank you. That's yeah, so hilarious. Try to do better than that, people. You're going to have a hard time. Really? Yeah, we got... You, we got uh... They get back from the honeymoon. He signs over the insurance. Within the year, she has completely lost interest in him. Lynn is, is sleeping with other cops. Mike... Says the cops see her go into other cops' apartments. Not one cop, like a bunch of cops. Probably around January of 1995 is when he started confiding in me that things were rocky. Glenn's best friend had confided in me that Lynn was running around and seeing other cops. I don't mean like Debbie Does Dallas style, but but I mean... But no, 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 but think... So first of... Okay, (laughs) there's so many levels on this that I have a problem with. Uh One, the cops... It's kind of like a, a private club. It is. Or it a is frat very much. Or, yep. You know, these are these are these are soldiers mm-hmm. in a way. So for a cop to be screwing around with another cop's wife, that's pretty low. It's low. It's pretty low. That's pretty low. Now, blame is evenly placed on the wife that's screwing around. There, there is no. You, you I'm know, gonna go out on a limb and say, in this case, she is far and away the bad actor in this uh, this well, marriage. But I, it's, no, it, no, no, and no, no, again, no. Of course, when the first thing I say in all of these situations here i'm out bye here you you get her and he loved her yeah he genuinely loved her he wanted her he didn't want her to leave it's, no. it's obvious I, by I, his actions well 
At this point, maybe we can assign blame equally, but when we find out what's going on, we, oh, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. So Mike is taking Glenn out to dinner to cheer him up because he's been super down because Glenn had gotten all of his credit cards paid off, got all of his debt managed. Lynn showed up and she ran all the cards back up and she's sleeping around on him. Mike takes him out to dinner to cheer him up. He started telling me about his relationship with Lynn and he had told me, he started to cry while he was telling me about it. We were sitting at a high top. He started tearing up. But he told me he'd worked 365 days without a day off and that he had paid off all the credit cards and Lynn had rung all the credit cards back up. She had went running him into the ground and he just couldn't do it anymore. He was really, really just depressed. So now Glenn goes and tells his sister, I think I'm leaving. No, I know I'm leaving Lynn. Oh. And Linda is really happy to hear it. And I don't, I, and I, completely understand why she knows that lynn is bad news linda knows in her gut that she's bad news he came over to the house and we had a chat and he told me that he was definitely going to be leaving lynn i had no inkling that he was going to get a divorce i felt bad for him because i knew how much he really loved her and he was just broken i felt like she was betraying my brother that if she didn't want to be married to him she should just go ahead and go and not put him through the agony of seeing other other guys, whether placement or not. Not long after Glenn announces that he's leaving Lynn, he starts getting sick. He calls in sick Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, three days, and and Mike. Oh well, wait, and we and this is said somewhere along the line to try to get these bills paid off. Glenn was working three hundred and sixty-five. He was not taking any time off. Any days oh, that he had that. off, that's right. He worked. That's right. He worked nonstop. So, so for the overtime, so uh, Glenn was actually trying to fix the situation as best he could. He's calling Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, sick. He calls in sick on Thursday, and Mike, who's his in charge of of scheduling whatever he's like wow lynn's also called in sick today and then their supervisor was like mike you ought to go out there and see what's going on this is this doesn't sound good and mike's like yeah i'm gonna go over and check on him he called out sick tuesday wednesday thursday and the thursday that he called in sick called radio radio said that's funny because lynn had also called out sick and my lieutenant at the time said to me why don't you run out to the house and see what's going on because something's going on out there they both called in sick i said yes sir i'll do that What happened was we got really, really busy that night and I never got a chance to go out there. And he's like, but we got super busy that night and I just didn't make it. And so then he got a phone call from Glenn and Glenn, well, he called me. He told me he was shivering on the phone. He said, I'm so sick. I can't even talk. I can't even walk. He said, I've never been this sick. He said, Linda, I was so sick. I just thought I was going to die. Lynn had moved out of the house, apparently, and she had come back and was taking care of Glenn uh, while he was sick. They had told him at the ER to go home and eat some Jello. Of course, if Lynn made Glenn Jello, Glenn would see that as a comforting thing, like a loving thing, that she's actually making something for him to get him better. I talked to Glenn and he said, yes, he was really sick. And he thought he had the flu. I'm like, okay, just checking on you. He said, Linda, I was so sick, I just thought I was gonna die. She's taking him to the emergency room, and they said, you know what? We, we think you have the flu. Go home, eat something light. Uh, Lynn, make him some jello. Give him something that his stomach can sit on his stomach. And they're like, okay. And uh, he goes back home. He calls Mike. He I says, jello. I'm feeling a little better. I'm going to call you in the morning and let you know if I'm coming in or not. And then mm. Mike says the next day he got into work, and his supervisor was like, you got to sit down. But then I woke up early in the morning, and I got a phone call from my co-sergeant. And she goes, they found Glenn Turner dead in his bed this morning. And I immediately went, no way, no way. They found Glenn dead I'm, in his bed this morning. And all the time Kevin is describing this, I'm I'm, re- I'm, I'm sitting over here with a puss on my face. Like, just, uh, just. Uh, 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 yeah. And I, this poor guy, this poor guy who thinks he's just got a bad stomach virus or a cold uh-huh. or, or flu or something yeah. like that. And then the woman that he loves is tending him. Literally, she's. It's so insidious. Uh, it's it's just pure evil. The, however, the autopsy indicates that he died of natural causes. He did have an enlarged heart, and that can lead to all sorts of issues. And I feel like later we get back to this. The medical examiner is very reluctant later on when the story develops to go back, and it was because he didn't do that good of a job. Well, he didn't want to look bad. But it, you know, but it's yeah. very. But when it, what they need to look for, you don't always look for. And of course, me, I'm thinking he was thirty. Yeah, yeah. He's he was a young guy. Years, he was thirty years old. Don't you think it just 
an ounce more, just, you know. Of scrutiny, yeah. But um, Glenn's mom is so upset she can't handle it. She has the funeral on Monday. He died on Friday. She had the funeral on Monday. And Lynn showed up laughing. She brought her girlfriends with her. She sat in the back pew. She flirted with a cop, cop and was stroking his hand. Stuff, yeah. The night of the viewing... Lynn was laughing, cutting up. She had some of her friends there. She was giggling and laughing. I'm sitting there bawling my eyeballs out because this is my brother that's gone, and you're back there laughing and thinking stuff's funny. Nothing's funny about this. And then we learn a few more things about her behavior. During the service, Lynn continues to attract attention. She was sitting with another officer at the funeral, and they were very close together and holding hands. Kept seeing her, putting her hands on him, and just... You know, flirting with him, and I thought, she's at her husband's funeral, and she's acting this way? What in the world is she doing? After the funeral... I don't... That was one thing I didn't understand. Why was the mother taking care of the funeral and not Lynn? I don't know. Because Lynn was checked out. Lynn didn't care. Um, well, but... Yeah, no, she did it. She One more you know. hero mom, hero mom. She just stepped yeah. in and did it. I don't know. And um, on the way home from the funeral, Lynn called the insurance company to collect his life insurance. She skips town. They never hear from her again. She gives them no forwarding Oof. address. She Oof. never calls to check on them. Oof. And they have n- they don't know what's happened to her. But hero Mike, this is great. Mike stops working as a cop after a while. He's taking a job where he works at a car dealership, maybe better money. They get a call for a car rental, and it's for this guy, Randy Thompson has died. And for some reason, Mike follows it up. It's like, oh, he's a fireman. He died. And this is one county over, I believe. And they find out that he was married to a one Lynn Womack. Mike Archer had taken off from the county and decided to work for a car dealership for a while. And he got a phone call to rent a car for a funeral. He did some investigating and found out that Randy Thompson had died. I immediately got on the phone, started making phone calls. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And they're like, no, and Lynn's the key factor. I'm like, well, how did he die? What the hell does she do? And they said, we don't know, but she was the last person that had saw him. We knew that something terrible had happened. We just didn't know what, how, or who. So now everybody who knew Glenn is like, it's Lynn. Lynn did it. She's Her. done it again. And did you see that glamour shot of Randy Thompson when he's in his fire gear? Yeah. It's a bit much, isn't it? Well, but you know, <laughs> they're young people. This is They're kind of full of beans, uh, right? You know, yeah. I'm not I'm not citing anybody for having fun, you know, taking pictures, but you know, it just <laughs> I still can't get over the, him doing finding her that appealing and no this, but i'm still i'm a little blown away by that but the other thing was the distance between the cobb county area mm-hmm. and the area where randy randy uh, lived uh-huh. it was like an hour yeah like literally like like dc uh-huh. the top of the beltway the bottom of the beltway yeah it, it was, was not, not like far Atlanta. away it was not far away so again i go back to ding dong what's her name lynn that She's going to pull this trick again on somebody. Why not move to another state uh, yeah. or move to another area? Or mo- No, she literally moved from the north side to the south side. She did. And the community, the the police, the, the enforcement community and the first response community, that's kind, kind of, of incestuous. Exactly. They talk, right? And Mike had heard that she was having a baby with this guy named Ramsey Thompson over in Forsyth County. Not Cobb County, Forsyth County, which is the next county over. Right, right. And so everybody is like, this is, Lynn did it. So, Glenn's mom. I'm over here just shaking my head. <laughs> it's a, I'm, it's just, a, it, I'm literally it, it, just scowling, shaking my head. It is a head shaker, but hero mom, she pulls up the uh, the obituary notice, the funeral home information, and she calls Randy's sister and says, hi, you don't know me, but my son was married to Lynn before she married Randy, and he died rather suspiciously under circumstances that sound similar Young, to what happened to your brother, know, Yeah, but she didn't want to talk. If something happened to my sister... And someone calls me with a conspiracy theory and says, la, la, la. while I know you might not want to be in the mood, wouldn't you want to hear that? I sure would. And I would think wouldn't you would you super want to hear it. And you'd well, be like, me, go on. Yeah, you I would love it. You'd be would. like, tell you know, me, I'd I- light I'm up on a it. cigarette and go, okay, yeah. talk yeah. away. <laughs> Hold pop, on, let me pop. get some gin. <laughs> really, exactly. So, but, so I'm a little confused about that. that the woman didn't but, but in the throes of grief, I can understand Maybe. where there might be because crazies come out. We've talked about this, crazies and also it's like we, th- we we think she killed him. It's a little far fetched. What? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
undaunted, the mom writes a letter to his mother mm-hmm. and sends it to the funeral home. Four months later, she gets a phone call from Randy's mother, and it's like, hey, girl, we need to talk. <laughs> they get together. They explain the situation to him. They're like, you know what? That does sound fishy. So now Glenn's buddies in the police department are doing whatever they can to get this information in right. front of the right people right. in Forsyth County. They have tissue samples from Randy's autopsy and they're like you know what we don't have to uh, uh, exhume his body like we would with right. Randy yeah, we're with Glenn yeah, exactly. we can just pull these up and they look and what sure do they find enough. those little crystal things I know Stacy so, Caster is this ringing a bell honey <laughs> and so li- so so the the it, in case you don't remember if you antifreeze is a turns to a crystal thing in your telltale crystals in the it, liver it, and in the it, kidney it, Right. So it doesn't go away. Nope. And oh, and then, of course, this is one other one of those things that we talk about all the time. I, of course, pull out my phone. How much antifreeze does it take to kill a human being? And according to the thing that I read, it's I think it's only two tablespoons for a child. Uh-huh. So a quarter cup of antifreeze would easily be diluted in a lot of stuff uh-huh. and you wouldn't know it was in there. And so it's that's, sweet too, yeah. It's, 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 well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a flavor, but think about, you know, think about, then the, who was the gal who like forced her husband to drink it and had it in like a glass? Oh, and, and the turkey baster? Yeah. Stacy Caster. So, okay, okay. Oh, so you already said that. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> so ironically, I brought this up at work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes Jack again. I know. There, yeah, exactly. And I actually, I think part of it was the search history. That was uh, what we were laughing about. Oh, I know, about. the incriminating search so history. So one of the guys I work with is a former uh, RN, and the other guy, one of the other guys is a, e- a former EMT. Uh-huh. And the first thing the EMT guy said was, oh, if uh, they tried to kill themselves with antifreeze antifreeze they didn't really want to kill themselves yeah and the last thing he goes and of course they're going to puke all over the inside of my yeah yeah yeah. he's kind of that was really funny (laughs) and then the the guy who was the nurse is like oh yeah he's like it does not take very much at all and for him and he didn't realize it was so toxic he was being incredibly technical Uh and i was like ooh, (laughs) (laughs) interlace your fingers and And tell me more please don't look that i said i'm telling people about it because i don't ever want to come back bite me that oh Jack was looking up such and such. Oh, my search history is very terrifying. Yeah. Anyway, it was very interesting that two healthcare people that I knew uh, no, no, ta- it's a ta- known talked thing. about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I did want to point out that Linda, Glenn's sister, pointed out that they brought this to the Cobb County investigators saying, we think she did something. We just can't prove it. We think it was maybe poisoning. And they were like, well, we'd have to exhume the body. Like, and, and Linda was like, we just we, did we not have, have the, the money. money. Yeah. And we couldn't afford to get justice. How maddening still, is that? I'm still amazed. It, it does bother me. He was 30. Mm-hmm. 30. You don't, people who are 30 don't just die. They don't. Even from sicknesses and stuff. And of course, this is another thing that drives me crazy. If you are that sick, like you're sick, sick. Now, I always think about myself when my appendix burst and uh, I was literally oh septic. You ready to I, go to the hospital was, now, Jack? And I, I, <laughs> Hi, re- Frank. I, yeah, my best friend Frank and I were, were out, uh, I think we were having lunch or something, and I doubled over in pain. And he's like, now do you think you should go to the uh, the, uh, the emergency room? And I would, uh, and I'm, I'm of course, as, one, as I, I often do, I'm making this about myself. I, my appendix burst, I thought I had food poisoning. And I went for a I probably I want to say like four or five days yeah. after my appendix burst. Yeah. Oh God. And I was septic. I yeah. mean, the whole I was in the hospital for seven <laughs> days, and they were and I had this just I call it my 1950s cesarean scar yep. on my belly. <laughs> I have this, you know, and all the all the people that was like, if you'd have just come in, and I'm yeah. like, I didn't. It didn't hurt like that. Oh, God. It did not feel. <laughs> I went to work. Yeah. It did not feel that. Life threatening yep. until I literally doubled over, like, oh, ow, that hurts. <laughs> and my best friend would just, just kind of just ever so, just the way he looks at me. Now, do you think you should go to the doctor? It was just funny. Well, and, you pulled focus so hard on that, I'm surprised you didn't throw your back out. I know, I'm so sorry. But my point about is, is if my, what I was trying to say about that is, he was so sick. Yeah. And it never occurred to him, maybe I should go see a doctor again. I'm maybe being I should poisoned. go see a doctor again. Oh, and the other thing thing was because uh, men glenn, men <laughs> men are dumb uh, glenn died on march 4th 1995 <laughs> she moved in 
Lynn moves in with Randy on the 10th. Six, Six days. days. And so she, she told, was having a relationship with him before. Yes. She went to Daytona Beach like the week before she killed oh. uh, Glenn. And uh, Randy asked her if she'd been married before. And she said, yes. Yeah. She said she was a widow. Oh, just, I'm shaking my head again. You can't, I'm just, yeah. I'm over just Oh, it's a head shaker. Yeah. It'll give you whiplash. Yeah. She did the same thing with Randy that she did with Glenn. She started buying him nice she dresses. She bought him boots? She took him on a cruise. Oh. And they were like, but you know what? She was using the insurance money she got from knocking off Glenn. The family's united at this point. Oh, and, and wait. Well, she's had two kids with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's had. Randy. With Randy. She had two, right? She had two, two kids, and she never got married. Again, because she would lose the death benefits. And that was funny, because that's what Mike said. He's like, well, she didn't want to lose her death benefits from the first husband. Right. Oh. So the Georgia Bureau of Investigation steps in. And just like she had done with Glenn, Lynn indulged Randy with expensive gifts. Expensive cowboy boots, uh, gold bracelets, uh, expensive clothing. She and Randy, just like she and Glenn, did take a cruise shortly after she had moved in with him. Had the cruise, came back and took a limousine back to the apartment where they were living. And Lynn paid for all of it. She was able to go to Forsyth and lure Randy in by taking him on trips, buying him gifts, and showing Randy she had a lot of money. So they start talking to Randy's friends. He was apparently fairly happy early on in the relationship, and they had two kids, didn't get married because of the insurance benefits, but uh, Lynn made him take out a huge life insurance yes. policy. And this is good. This is the I'm best part of the I'm rolling my eyes so hard. I'm rolling my eyes so hard. Uh, so in 2001, Lynn is up to her neck in debt. She's alienated Randy. He's moved out to his own apartment. She's run up her credit cards. She's, uh, she's in debt, yeah. She's gone through her money, yeah. She she chillingly tells the loan officer at the bank who's on her about herself, like, you know what, I'll have this all settled up real quickly. Just don't worry about it. Randy was going to go and spend the weekend with some of his buddies down in Florida, and she called last minute and was like, hey, you know what, sugar? Why don't we try giving it another go? And so he cancels that weekend trip with his buddy. They go out to dinner. Then they go back to her place for oh. some dessert and some drinks or something. And then he goes home, and what happens? He gets sick. She wanted to uh, go out for dinner. He went back to her home, and he spent some time there uh, before returning to his apartment. After he went back to his apartment, Randy started becoming ill and uh, talked to his friends, and they uh, eventually took him to the hospital, and they thought he was uh, coming down with some sort of flu uh, and gave him some medications and some IV fluids and, and sent him home. He later contacted his mother, said that he was feeling better, uh, that Lynn had come over and fixed him a grilled cheese sandwich and some tea. So he goes home, he gets sick that very night, then Lynn is back in his life, nursing nurse him back, him to, back health, to health, and she, she's take, she takes him to the emergency room, and then she comes over and she makes him sweet tea, sweet which is gross, tea, no one tea. should ever drink that, and uh, grilled cheese sandwich, and the next day she comes home and he is... She establishes, you know, I wasn't even home, he died, I wasn't there, blah, blah, blah. Oh! So, with Randy's death ruled a possible homicide because they've analyzed the tissues, they reopened Glenn's case and they exhumed the body. They now find that the medical examiner who worked on Glenn's case the first time around had made some mistakes. And this is where I think, because they asked him a couple of times, the medical examiner, will you relook at the stuff? And he said he won't. I'm sitting over here just shaking my head. And he said he wouldn't. And I think it's because he did a shitty job and he was worried he'd look bad. Well, no. he knows he screwed up, mm-hmm. or he thinks he's, and he just doesn't. He's trying to avoid. And he wouldn't have known to look it. for for for. You don't typically look for ethylene glycol. I know I've said this a couple of times, and Kevin will probably bleep out the again. I will <laughs> say it again. <laughs> and again, if he's thirty years old, it, th- 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 <laughs> wait, wait, I don't care. Can you say and again? And again. Okay. Insert. Highlighting in again and again in audacity and me hitting delete. <laughs> and again, he's thirty years old. Yep. So was, his suspicious the similarities death, were just a suspicious death at thirty years old. The similarities of the and it was just across town. Mm. It was just across mm. town. It's July two thousand and one, and Linda, Glenn's sister, has been having a tough six years. 
The years that went by when we didn't have any justice, it was a very dark, lonely time. She was running around scot-free and doing whatever she wanted to do, and my brother was gone. So I felt it was it was very hurtful. Hurtful is an understatement, Linda. This woman's a monster. <laughs> you should be using words like evil, demonic, depraved. Don't pull any punches on this one. <laughs> she very, you know, she's kind of using gentle, you know, Christian language. Well, and of course, they find the crystals in, in Glenn's body. <sighs> but again, <laughs> now I'm saying it. Say. <laughs> it's, uh, Linda's thoughts immediately go to Randy and Lynn's children. I felt happy that they finally figured out that she had done something and that they were going to get to the bottom of it. And then I felt sad. You're thinking about her and her two kids and thinking about how are those kids going to feel? How is her mom going to feel? So it was definitely two-sided. And I think that that's the kind of person she is. That is a good person. The first thing she says, and it was sort of like in the episode from last week when Samantha Wolford, her mother, at the very end of it, she says, I don't think she did it, but if she did, she's where she belongs to be. But the the sad thing is, we lost children. Sam, yeah, we lost him, but you know who lost everything was those children. And, but, and that's the same thing that this woman's going to hear. She's like, forget the rest of us. Those kids have lost everything. everything. So, well, that's the selfish nature of... Uh of the person who's going to do something like that in the first place. Mm -hmm. They're worried. This is all circumstantial. They haven't found any antifreeze in uh, her apartment. They, 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 they found the antifreeze in the bodies, right? And they're worried because there's some doubt that they'll have a convincing case because it's all circumstantial. We get a little snippet from Kimberly Massinick, and she's a criminologist. By killing both men in the same manner, it tells you a couple of things about her. One, it tells you that Lynn knows that this is an effective means for getting rid of somebody. The other part is, she doesn't care that it hurts them. She doesn't care that it's excruciating. It's not her. I love the contempt she has. Kimberly, she's like, she's a pure narcissist. She's like, She didn't care how painful this death was. It wasn't happening to her. Yeah. It wasn't her that was suffering. No, no problem at all. I will, I will kill you in the most painful way possible. Mm. Not, not arsenic, which would have killed mm. them pretty quick. You know, there are other ways to kill people without putting them through that kind of agony. Again, on her way home from the funeral, she calls about the life insurance, and this, and this, is, this is just the best. I, 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 I wish we had audio of this, oh. but it's just great. Lynn actually called the insurance agent as she was leaving the funeral for Randy. But Lynn is in for a nasty surprise. The agent said when he told her that the policy had lapsed because Randy had failed to make the payments, there was a noticeable and lengthy pause from Lynn. Oh. <laughs> is that not fantastic? Well, she didn't check. She, she didn't uh, check. He stopped, stopped making, making the, the payments. payments. It's fabulous. Isn't it fabulous? Fuck you. You uh, know, just like the final. From beyond the grave. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's great, right? <laughs> she killed him for nothing. No. Uh, well, no, no, no. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and it, it's, it, but isn't it? It's just so. She's like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah I want my two. On the way home from the funeral. Yeah. Wait, what? And, yeah, and, said, and the person remembered uh, there was a lengthy pause when she must have been. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. In my research, her mother and father had gotten divorced, and her mother had remarried a Womack, I believe. Okay, and she was adopted by the stepfather, and she did not have a very good relationship with him. Okay, it was in implied uh -huh. without any kind of a thing of a backup or, or proof on this it was implied that there may have been a uh a, a, a tumultuous relationship between her and the stepfather well you know that happens she, to a lot of people nah, we don't, i know and we don't turn and into serial killers have, she did have drug and alcohol issues in her youth all uh, right well not an excuse but i agree oh so, yeah yeah I so she lawyers up with some of the best lawyers you can get in atlanta oh she had hired an attorney and the attorney contacted me and, and advised me that there would not be an interview uh, with Lynn. If you thought your husband died from unnatural causes, you know, your first instinct would be to help in the investigation and find out what was going on. Doesn't matter because they take her case to a grand jury and they hand down an indictment for her arrest. So Fabulous. she can lawyer up all she wants. Mike Caesar getting arrested on TV. <laughs> 
I saw her get arrested on the news and I mean, it was a great feeling that she finally was behind bars, that she finally had gotten arrested. If I knew she wouldn't be in for long, I knew somebody would bond her out. But I knew it was a start of a long journey. The Georgia Bureau of Investigations are worried the judge won't allow Glenn's death to be admitted as evidence in Randy's trial to show pattern. I wonder why not. Because sometimes when you know they're trying to keep cases separate, so you I look at them with that, as an object. But it literally, literally uh-huh. I, I see, now of course I have no comprehension of what you know the the inner workings of this stuff. So the guy is is dead. The, obviously, he died of antifreeze poisoning. poisoning. I'm sure there's a better term for it, but antifreeze no, I think poisoning. that's it. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I thought it was called crystalline something or another. Anyway. Maybe. And then they go back and find the first husband who died under suspicious circumstances right. and there are crystals in his in yeah, his he's, yeah. So while yes it is circumstantial it's awfully coincidental that, that's the thing that's the key word you said coincidental and sometimes they won't allow evidence that could merely be coincidental into another case because it will it will poison freeze poisoning eventually the judge lets it go in right. so that's a big relief to the prosecutors but then Linda describes Lynn's behavior in court, and yet again, oh, it's like she's getting ready for a Sunday picnic. As the trial began, it looked as if she was a court reporter or a secretary. She literally sat there with a pen and a piece of paper, writing notes down, leaning over, whispering to her attorneys. So the f- footage, wait, I'm just totally oh, going to blow it. Oh, wait, 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 can you talk one. about the hairdos? I'm I'm gonna tell you. Do it. So they, they it have me. all this. They have all this film footage of the different court dates, and she's in court in different outfits, and and I counted nine <laughs> different hairstyles. I watched this three times, and it was only when I watched it with you that I noticed. And I'm like, and I just go, I watch, watch this, watch this, you're one, right. and I started counting them off. So during the court, during the court times when uh, she was in court, she had nine different hairstyles. You said the last one, you were like, technically that's merely a variation, but I'm going to call it a nine. <laughs> <laughs> and they describe her in court as being like, oh, and they have film of her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's at church. Yeah. She's waving to people and just, hey, and she's doing the finger thing. Hi, <laughs> yep. hi. Uh-huh. And she's waving. And I'm just like, you're in court for murder. Yeah, she's not, she doesn't get it. So they have, they found a, they did their, the prosecuting team. Oh, and the diamonds. I pointed out the diamond earrings. Oh, yeah. Because her, ear her ears had multiple holes in them and she had diamond earrings. I could see the diamond earrings in her ear. No, they may not have been real, but Lord, probably. They probably and I was like, look at the diamonds, look at the diamonds. <laughs> so they get a vet tech who testifies that Lynn came in asking about how they euthanize pets. And they said, well, we use a drug, but you can't get it because you have to have a license and it's, you know, blah, blah. He said, well, what about antifreeze? Um, does it work on dogs oh. the same way it works on cats? <laughs> and the vet tech thought it was odd. She said, well, yeah, it's toxic. It's toxic to anything. And you know, and I can just see Lynn over uh, there in the docket, you know, running her fingers through her hair, like, and what does that have to do with me? <laughs> so this shows premeditation. She said that Lynn came in one day and asked, How did they euthanize animals when they came in? The technician told her that they used a, uh, injections, a control substance, and only licensed veterinarians who could have possession of it. So Lynn asked the technician if she knew if antifreeze would kill cats the same way that it would kill dogs. This showed her planning of looking for something else that she could use for a poison and on May 14th, 2004, she is found guilty, and she coolly removes her earrings. And that's what they said. She started taking her jewelry off. Because she was telling people, it's like, I I'll be having a beer. I when I got arrested. Yeah. <laughs> I took my jewelry off when I got arrested. Well, you have to, don't you? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I'm not going back. No, you're not. She uh, she said, oh, I'm, I'm going to be out tomorrow. I'm going to be having lunch with you guys. We'll, get, we'll go to lunch and have a beer. And she was just swanning around the courtroom whenever possible and just acting like, you know. Uh, Lynn comes back again with the big heart. It felt good knowing that we had proved it, but it didn't feel good knowing that she had two kids that were going to be alone in this life. Their father was dead. Their mother is in jail. That didn't feel good at all. 
Three years later, Randy's trial goes exactly the same way. She's convicted. Boom, boom, boom. The jury has no problems. She she get, again gets another life sentence. And criminologist Masinic is here again. Up until this point in her life, Lynn has gotten what Lynn wants. She has never had to pay a price. And a lot of this stuff sounds so familiar to all of the other poisonings we've had. We've, this is, I think, our fifth antifreeze poisoning. I think this is the fifth it's time we've thing. had it. And, it's a thing. And, 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 and we've got like four arsenics. And and saw, we need another arsenic poisoning to even yeah, it out. But no, so back to the, remember me talking about the two guys I work with earlier? And I said this to, to, to one of them. I was like, I am so, I want to like taste it. Uh-huh. I want to, like, and, and he looked at me like, what the hell is wrong with <laughs> Do you? Do you have a death wish? I, well, no, but I figured if you just like I dipped think your, you could. I, dipped I your finger think, in it and yeah, just put it on your tongue, just, just out of curiosity. Yeah, I, I think you could. I think you could without I remember meaning. how it came about now. Uh, we were in the office and I smelled. <laughs> they must wonder what the fuck is going to come do. out of your mouth oh, next. Oh God, they think I'm a complete <laughs> oddball. I, we were in the office and I could smell antifreeze. Uh-huh. And I'm like, is that antifreeze or did someone by some chance bring, if you're unaware of this, antifreeze sometimes smells like pancake syrup. Okay, it, I didn't know it that. Does have a, it does have a similar yeah. a sweet kind of a smell to it. And I walked into the to, into the office and I was like, what? what it smells like... And of yeah. course, my question was, is there something wrong with the heating and the air conditioning or in the building? Or are we being mess poisoning? <laughs> <laughs> or did someone have pancakes? Carol, she's got an extra bone to grind with you guys. Who brought these in? Carol? Oh, shit. <laughs> and Joe's eating pancakes in the office. In the team, in the uh, breakfast room. So... It just, uh, and then that's what led me to talking about antifreeze. And th- and they did. They were both looking at me like, what is wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. Any wrong given with you? day, you're yeah, going to yeah. say something. To- <laughs> so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get sidetracked, but I just remembered ah, it's that. Fine. So, okay. So then we go back to her. She takes off her jewelry. She goes to jail. Mm-hmm. And then. Oh, I, I, a couple years later, she overdosed on her high blood pressure medication. She hoarded her high blood pressure medication. Uh, committed suicide. A bunch of it at one time. That's, that's, it, listen, listen. Listen. Yeah. I her mo- his mom says, I she didn't seem like she was having a very good time in prison and I'm sorry that she died, but probably it's perhaps it's best for everybody. <laughs> and then the mother has an expression on her face. So this is obviously I, this one this I, I this one really got to me. Yeah. Because it was, it was just yeah. so senseless. Two good guys so, gone. So, I mean, good good guys that were good guys. Yeah, like, doing the right thing. Police firemen, officers and police firemen, officers, yeah. you know. And just uh, and the poor mother, just the look on her face, and her heart's broken. Well, just they broken. Attri- they attribute the capture of Lynn to Glenn's family at large, and I say it was Glenn's mom. Glenn's mom made the well, phone yeah. call. Glenn's mom wrote the letter. She was the one who stuck with it. I, you know, I, I I regret by the end of the episode, she went from kind of gullible. You know, unfortunate looking uh, Southern lady to me, to I'm like, oh, you know what? Again, you got a lot going. Yeah. You got I, a lot going on. I, I Hats off to you, woman. I, I say she was a, a, a pl- I don't want to say simple because it makes it sound like no, a that's that. I, she was a plain, she was a very plain woman. She I, was not stupid. No, she, she was, was not. not. I made no. that judgment she, and boy, did I learn my yeah, lesson. Yeah, yeah. I got to stop doing that. Because one of the pictures in the beginning, she had a really bizarre looking hairstyle. But, you know, these things come and change as we grow and as we expand our lives, you know, you know. Never know how thing. I used to have hair. I mean, wait a minute. What the hell am I talking about? Anyway, sorry. As much as I find the word blessed overused and yes. trite, and it's part of the live, laugh, love community, <laughs> Linda uses it, and for once, I'm okay with it. Along with grief, sometimes comes hatred, and the hatred is what I had to get over. And can honestly say that I 100% forgave her, and getting over that hatred has made my life so beautiful. I have a happy, full life. I'm healthy. I have a son. I have a great family, and I am truly, truly blessed. Uh, you know what, Linda? She she forgives Lynn. She says she has a great life. She does what you're supposed to do, and she kept it in perspective. And I don't know if I could do it. Uh, I don't know if I could do it. I doubt I could. And, I but, doubt. I'm but, still holding grudges of kids things against kids who did things to me in grade school. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I'm that yeah. petty. I'm very and, petty. And it's it's just so it's a very good episode. I, I really I think Charm to Death is interesting. But the photos again, you said she and uh her, her photos and yeah. when she was in the uh well, the, you're talking about uh, uh Lynn. Lynn. Yeah, yeah, Lynn. I th- it is always interesting to me when you see a woman who is using a man mm-hmm. 
specifically for finance, whatever. Yeah. Using a man, period. Yeah. Using a man. Mm-hmm. And then I look at the woman and I'm like, How? she's not, I don't no. get it. I mean, I, I, and then of course the opposite end of that question is, well, she's a girl. Uh-huh. So she's got the, you know, I don't want to be crude, but you know, guys do dumb stuff. Men, well, anyway, men aren't. <laughs> oh, I don't like any of this. Right, well, take all that off. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't think Lynn went to heaven. She probably went to the same place that Stacey well, Castor went well, to. Yeah, so well, maybe they're in hell ex- running up credit cards to excess yeah, together. Figuring out new Have fun, you two. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Au revoir, Au revoir, Ve. We'll be back next week with another tale of... I mean, We may have to do a palate cleanser after this one. <laughs> Something a little lighter. Oh, no, yeah. Did you watch a lot of TV in the 90s? Maybe we'll do that. No. <laughs> no. no. Uh, the two thousands? Oh. No. No. Maybe the last ten years or so I started watching. Alright, we'll do that. That'll be fun. Alright, you guys, have a good night. Thanks for listening. Obviously, that's